0: you like sick and tired of you know your finances being an issue like are you finding yourself losing sleep over your finances like just start the post that way and let them you know show them that you understand their pain points and their feelings and we just so often get so busy in the day-to-day that we forget about that human connection of just wanting to help people and like start there get a couple people To say yes, before we worry about automating, before we worry about, you know, curating, people don't wake up and want to be automated or curated. We have to always go back to that human to human element. So if you master that ability to make people around you feel important and seen and heard, regardless of like team building, I think team building is super important. Like we, our culture starts from the inside out Um, or your customers or your clients or your coworkers or your spouse or your kids. How do you want them to feel when they're around you? And allow that to kind of be your guiding light of how you problem solve.
1: Digitization is they go onto your your portal, we'll call it the portal into the platform, and they just complete that information. And then the technology knows what to do with it. So it automatically imports it into my system. Now, when I open up my page, I don't have to enter anything. It's all there. I know everything about them. I could take them through a series of questions. If you come into my office under the traditional method, I'm going to ask you, Jordan, a series of questions. How can I help you, Jordan? What's your issue today? Do you need a will? Do you need to trust? And, And everyone has all of us as lawyers. There's routine people. We see there's patterns, right? We call them decision trees. Every client that comes into your office, whether you're doing litigation, whether you're doing corporate or whether you're doing estate planning. There is a decision tree always happening in every engagement and in every interaction. We're just taking those decision trees and we're putting them into the digital format so that the consumer can go through that those same questions, never talking to me, but talking to the platform, which knows the answers I would give, given the answer they gave me. So it's taking anything and everything we can. Digitize, and we're digitizing it. That's the message: embrace technology, embrace the disruption, and turn it into opportunity.
2: 2018, one of the things that that we that we decided to do was o- open uh, the real estate title business. We we had done a lot of real estate work historically. We had had a relationship with another uh, title insurance company it's sort of ironic because i was sort of in it, it sort of pushed me into a different industry and i started seeing you know some of the software products that, that that industry had and it sort of started to make me think that there was a different way to do things and and so then i started paying attention a little bit more you know i definitely broadened the areas that we were that we were that we were doing um and now i'm sort of contracting back because i uh, i particularly over the last two years have seen the the value of specialization uh you know our practice is in a is in a small town so it's a, you know it's it's hard to it's hard to to stay to say no to a lot of a lot of business however uh, i think that uh, you can't be an expert at everything and so i found that i Particularly enjoy the estate planning and the estate administration, and that is ha, is and ho- always has been a large part of our business. So we've sort of honed it on on some of that. Be be intentional, make the plan, do the plan. But I think also don't be afraid to iterate because it's you know sometimes you you, you decide to do something and it ends up not being the right thing, uh, and it's okay to change it. It's okay to change your mind, but but make sure that you you're there's a good reason for it
3: so when i first you know started i you know I opened up mark pa as well and at that point it was really um referrals from the title company people who were just selling the property they didn't need title insurance they just needed someone to prepare you know their, their seller documents they wanted an attorney to review the closing statement things like that you know i was scared obviously at first i wasn't sure what was going to happen. Um, I didn't even have a lot of title experience. I had a lot of real estate litigation experience. From year after year, I've been able to kind of step back more into a management role and getting everything in place and advancing your know, plan, get the systems in place, so you, you can kind of you know have a chance to take an opportunity, take a chance at other things because you know you already have that, that foundation. The first couple of years, what was working, what wasn't, and that point, it was already established company. So I was able to slowly make changes. And now the law firm, it's you know having the software in place, having all the tasks ready to go, everything. In the back end, it's to- okay, just your roll of the machine everything goes from your phase one to the
4: end. We are all about trying to figure out how to create an incubator training and like really building out, I mean, what I call a baby university and where it can be used not only internally, for people who are coming into our firm to be trained, but then also externally for potential clients, you know, what information do you need to know to be able to go through this process? And then also as a marketing tool of when you're hiring, you know, letting people know that you have such a robust training program, because I think training is one of the things that is really missing in a lot of law firms. And I think it costs them a lot of money in their hiring because people end up leaving and a lot of times. I think it's a lack of training on. And I know I've done this a bunch, you know, where I've been so busy, you're like, your hair's on fire, you hire somebody, and then you're like, okay, go figure it out. And I mean, in three weeks or a month, they're like, okay, you're a cray-cray lady. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to be doing? So training has been a real focus for us, obviously, with this many hires. Believe in yourself that you can do it and be yourself, don't be anybody else. Being able to be authentic and bring yourself to what you're doing in a powerful, confident way, and your power is limitless if you can bring your authentic self to the things you put your mind to.
5: Coaching is one of the tools in a good CEO's toolbox. Coaching is a tool of a good CEO, COO, CFO, CMO. Why do you think they have these positions? Because that's what is needed for a business to run properly. The right advice goes like this. If you want to grow your law firm from zero dollars in revenue, like you're just starting, and you want to have a million dollar firm just cranking along, just firing on all cylinders, working for you in like 48 months, go all in. We manage almost 600 of some of the most profitable with the most predictable cost flow, fastest growing, most fun to own law firms. We manage over 600, almost 600 of them all over the country. One of the things we're really well known for is not just helping people get to a million dollars in revenue really, really, really fast. We're also really well known for getting your business to get set up so that you can step away from it for 30 consecutive days with emergency access only. That's when you know you've really made the switch from having a practice to truly having a business that works for you. Please hold yourself to the same standards that that for the the way you run your business as the way you practice law.
6: I
7: immediately send them the portal. So they get the portal. They see it's a personalized portal. It has tons of information about it that's specific to their case. It's got instructions on there. It's got a cute little Canva presentation that explains how to work with my firm. So they're just kind of dialed in from the beginning that this is sort of my home base that I can go to when I need to to ask questions. She's going to pay attention to this portal because she told me not to email her. Please don't email me. (laughs) I have to use this portal and it really works because they get an email when something is posted to the portal and that's just how we communicate and it's just one place where they need to go and they don't have to worry about missing emails or something get kind of get lost and getting lost in the shuffle because it's just all right there for them i do track everything but all i have to do is enter what i do and the client which is in a sort of a drop down list so it's just a matter of drop down list this is what i did and it has automatic timers in terms of when I start a task and when I stop a task. I've got automations, like if I send an email, it can automatically send to my time sheet that I sent the email and bill for it. So it's not me actively sort of keeping track. So the only thing that I have to do, which is the second question is I have the Monday I actually don't really do a fancy invoice because it's not necessary. I just go to Monday.com. I export that sucker as a CSV file, make it Excel, slap my logo on it and keep it moving. You don't have to lawyer like everybody else does and that's okay. So as long as you're doing it within ethical guidelines, it's okay to be a little different. It's okay to not accept phone calls. It's okay to not accept emails. You're, you're allowed (laughs) to do it the way that you want to do it. You know, once I kind of got that sort of Zen (laughs) perspective, it made my life, you know, a million times easier.
8: It's going to depend on what you're doing, what you want to think about, you know, the client journey, knowing what do you have to do? Because the more you can say, all right, client, we're going to do this, you know, we're going to play in your estate. That means we need to sit down and talk about things. We need to go through this and job one, we're going to get information about you. Job two, we're going to come up with your plan. We're not going to draft documents yet. We're going to come up with your plan. Once you like that plan, that's when we'll draft documents. The service part I want people thinking about is how does it help clients move the needle? If it's helping move their needle, move a needle for the client, you know, you want to start by focusing on, you know, the first things you're going to do, make sure your people and your basic knowledge of the law are in place, you have to be focused on the right people working for you, making sure they know what they're doing. You need to know what to look for when planning an estate. And that's just like, that's your basic duty to the bar. Clients aren't coming to you for stuff. Clients are coming to you to help move the needle on some issue in their life. So it doesn't mean no stuff, it means make sure that what you're giving them aligns with helping them solve that problem, helping them move that needle. We want to make sure that, you know, how we show up on Tuesday is the same as how we show up on Friday, same as how we show up the next Monday. We wanna take care of clients the same way. Why? The more you do something, the more you do it the same way, the easier it's gonna get. And you do wanna be focused on different things at different points in when you're building things out. Why? You don't wanna start spending on expensive, risky things. Early on, you want to be focused on kind of the lowest hanging fruit. When you're right out of, when you're coming right out, why? It, that's what you can afford. You don't want to go all in on a five hundred dollar a day PPC uh, commitment if you're just starting out. Like you don't have that level of margin. You've got to be looking for kind of the easy wins, the things that you can do that will make your life easier. If you've got staff when you're right out, make their life easier, take care of your clients better and really demonstrate you you know what you're doing, your clients can trust what you're doing and everybody can work together and get that best result.
9: Frankly, so I created this uh, program where I actually put together uh, my framework in a, in a course and in a, a group coaching community. And that is for people sort of at that level uh, up until about $300,000 to $500,000. And the reason why is because kind of when you're at that level, it, you're still pretty much a solo and you might have a staff person working for you, uh, but you most people, unless you've got you know family money someplace or somebody who's supporting you for investing, um, if you're bootstrapping, like I did when I started my firm, you are, you're not really ready for hiring people until you get kind of that 300, 500 for hiring attorneys, other attorneys. You can still market your business in a very effective way and not be the face that shows up on camera. So you have to understand marketing. And so this is there to help sort of those people out. But ultimately what happens is, is that once you start getting successful, then what's the next thing that happens? You're getting clients and then you're getting the work. And then you're like oh my god i don't have time to market because i got to do the work and so everybody gets in that feast and famine cycle you know we're familiar with that term feast and famine right exactly and so you have to figure out how to get this work done and how to continue marketing and what are the best avenues over time as we mature in our business as business owners we start looking at different types of marketing than what we may start out doing you know we have to overcome kind of our fear of judgment and the concept is really a who not how concept if you've read the book by dan sullivan who not how uh, i'll save you from reading it because uh, of it that's the message who not how and here's the message the message is we're asking how and we should be asking who so instead of saying how can i set up systems in my business we should ask who can help me figure this out So that I can move on with my life. You have to find some avenue and platform to get the word out about your business and get in front of those clients. So you need to figure out where they are.
10: Like what is a paralegal and what is a paralegal not or what is not a paralegal?
11: The easiest way to describe a paralegal um, is I'm like the nurse to a doctor, right? Like I can do everything an attorney can do except show up at court and give legal advice. So as far as training goes, I think um, it's important to have experience within law firms. That's the most important part. Certificates are great, but having that in law, Law office experience is really where you're going to get your bread and butter. You're going to find those rock star paralegals um, that know uh, what to do at all times. So um, being in the fashion industry, you are just like bombarded by trends. New, 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 new. So I learned the rules to how to dress for my body type and then also streamlining the colors that I was wearing and the types of um, accessories I was wearing and making it super, super simple. But when we start to bring color into the mix, it's literally opening conversation. It's creating connection and that's where Yes, you want the colors to look good on you because obviously you don't want to like look like you just are sick and you need more sleep, but it's also what are the colors that you're gonna wear comfortably that are going to create connection with whether it's your ideal client or referral source or just anyone that you walk in down the block and say hi to, because they could be your client too one day. So for the first step is to to rewrite how you know, do you want to be connective? Do you want to be approachable? Like, what are the situations and how you want to do that? And then the second step is getting really, really clear of what your style is. And that's based on a few factors. Don't be afraid to repel your worst client ever by your wardrobe. Attract your people, but do not be afraid for someone to say, I don't like what you're wearing because it will save you probably (laughs) Four hours of you figuring out back and forth with calls and all of the things. So dress for yourself, dress for your ideal client, and not for what you should be wearing. This is about what are the small incremental steps you can do to step into your future self that is achieving the goals you want. Like, we all have heard personal development, visualization, imagine the thing happening. But clothes actually get to be the physical part of that because you could feel the clothes. Like, you've heard dress for the job that you want, not the job that you have. But there's a lot of truth in that when you start, right, when you start dressing like that person, the clients that, that really want to work with a guy in the Hawaiian shirt come to you. It's magic.
5: Uh, what is okay. organic community visibility?
12: Yeah, so you know, we're not necessarily going out there and having community fundraisers. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Well, we're branding it with our firm. You know, we're using our local community connections to just regularly make contacts with people to always be in contact with our um, you know community network with the other lawyers in our community. So we're doing the really classic stuff. You know, joining the bar organizations, joining our local in court, being active in that. Um, giving presentations um, where we can within the community. Just try to be really communicative with our clients. We follow up with them. Um, You know, we try to touch base with our clients after their case is closed, make sure they understand everything, you know, and I think they get a nice warm handoff when their case is closed. That makes them feel like they can come back. We also do follow up with our clients, particularly in more contested cases, There's sort of firm commitments and values that we have. You know, we we are we care about our clients and we want to provide effective legal services. We want to be a slightly higher touch firm than other firms are. Um. While well, at the same time understanding that in family law, if, if you are willing to be available for your clients 24 seven for anything that happens, they, they will let you do that for them. And we have to have some boundaries. So it's hard to find that balance and set up how you're gonna do that. You know, if you make a 1% improvement every day, you know, how, how soon are you going to be, you know, double where you are and you're able to you know, improve your progress many times over if you're just willing to make a little incremental improvement every day instead of trying to change the world overnight.
13: Yes culture eclipses everything because when you 've got people that are rowing, and we 've all seen the you know the meme on uh, on social media and Instagram, it has all the people that are rowing together, and then it has the one guy that 's out of sync i mean it it, it can just destroy what you 're trying to do internally I think it's the shift I think it's the paradigm shift between an old mentality and what is a more progressive newer, uh, policy. So you have to really look at that and, and figure out what you're going to do, um, to, to encourage relationships to occur. Um, when the majority of the time you're sitting on a zoom call, like we are today, how do you get to know somebody when there are litigation matters that have to happen and you have to have trial preparation and you have to have, uh, you know, ad- an additional workload, we'll call it, um, you know, the, the attorneys have to be prepared for that. And if it's a younger attorney, they may not have that expectation without, without talking about it and without putting it in writing. So, you know, there, there's no such thing as too little communication. People need to be talking. People need to be communicating about their expectations, whether it's remote, whether they're coming in or just what the expectation is of when they should be there and how they're going to get mentored, how they're going to be spun up as a younger attorney that's going to make it into a, uh, a senior associate and ultimately a partner. You want people to be efficient. You know, that that's the bottom line. So if you've got two monitors at their office, why give them a little tablet to take home? Go ahead and bite the bullet. Get them set up with a, a really efficient home office that duplicates what they have at the office. Uh, it's about inclusion and making people feel good about working there, focused on what they need to do better to attract the associate or winning. You know, we can't just gather in the lunchroom anymore. We can't just decide to walk down the street to a cafe. Not if I'm 45 minutes away or an hour away or I'm working remotely. It doesn't work. So there are things that you have to do to solidify your team, your workflow. People inside of the firm that had that had similar issues could, could feel included and connected to their other fellow attorneys. Every firm and every employer has an obligation to have a baseline of, of health concerns. You know, you talk about that.
14: But legal business development is is all about helping lawyers to um, go out and get their own clients and build their own books of business. And that has become in the forefront of how an attorney is valued in the career of, of as a law practitioner. It's really about how do you do the prospecting, the, 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 the networking, how are you doing things with your own personal time to de- to develop relationships and ultimately develop business. There are still attorneys that understand the, the path to freedom, control, Financially uh, with the family and how you spend your free time and, and path to retirement or path to just being able to to dictate that your terms of your life comes down to the book of business. It comes down to what what size it is and and, and, and are you working for your clients or are you working for your clients or for clients that aren't yours and now you've got five six, seven partners that are your bosses handing you the work and dictating how it gets done when it gets done and how you should spend your time. That's what business development is. You have to start you have to learn from others right learn from me learn from jordan learn from others and and keep at it and get better and better and better and that's really what makes people successful at business development just like what makes a great lawyer uh, a great lawyer it isn't happening overnight and it isn't happening without making mistakes and making improvements that's what life is all about we need to learn and improve and that's life but that's important for business development because if you're just doing the same things over and over and expecting different results we know what that is that's that einstein quote right so we want to we make sure we continue to improve as we go. That's at the heart and soul of business development in, in the programs I teach. So we, we need to think about having a process for how we prosecute or defend in a, in, a, in, a, in a courtroom. We need to have a process for how we do business development, marketing, anything. That's what makes things work. That's-
15: As you work with people, there's some individual issues related to their mindset, but there's three things that I see coming up regularly. The first and most important to me is: Are you the CEO of your law business, or are you an employee of your law firm? Because you're either acting like a CEO or you're acting like an employee, and it makes a huge difference as to where you're going and where you're going to end up. But I'm the CEO. I'm in charge of not just the vision, like how are we going to get there? What team am I going to build to get us there? What help do I need? What can I delegate? What do I have to keep to myself, et cetera, et cetera. And thinking like a CEO would think and acting like a CEO would act. The first thing you have to do is recognize that you're not just the employee to figure out who you're marketing to, where they are that you're going to market to them. And what are you going to say to them? And it's not going to be, of course, I'm a great lawyer. I've got a bazillion years experience. I'm a super lawyer. I'm a this. I am I mean, we love those accolades. I love them. You know, I love getting them. But clients could care less. They want to know who are, they assume your competence. They're going to assume you know what you're doing. That's not the point for most people. It's how can you help me? And do I feel comfortable with you? And referral-based marketing, of course, is huge because if you Have been recommended by their social worker, their therapist, their doctor, uh, another lawyer that they've used. You know, you've got a leg up right from the very beginning because someone that they know and trust has already recommended you. Get a bookkeeper, have an accountant. Look at your, but look at your numbers. This is constantly. Um, uh, something that you need to constantly reevaluate and make sure that that your cash flow is right and your numbers are right. And if they aren't, fix them, because you can fix them. That's the thing that people need to understand. You can, you have to work on it.
3: So every organization has at least three basic functions. There's a sales and marketing function, somebody that's out uh, generating demand uh, producing demand of some sort, somebody that's closing on that demand. There's at least one operations function, they're producing a product or a service. That's where a lot of your lawyers are gonna sit in the operations function. And then there's at least one finance function, this is the money money out. Let go of the vine, get out of the way, get the right people in the right places, get the process um, in place, get the right fundamentals in your business get out of the way, watch the business flourish. It's not always the person in the top that makes the most amount of money, right? It's the person that's producing the most or generating the most typically makes, makes the most amount of money that, that, uh, in, in firms and, and in organizations. And then you've got to have the financial controls within the organization also. And all three of those functions must be strong because if one of them fails, the whole firm, the whole company will crumble. All three of those basic functions must be strong in every organization. So we, so we, we get the function. What should this firm look like? We then describe and list the five roles for each one of those functions. What are they accountable for in that organization? We've become crystal clear, who's accountable for what? And then only then we've got function, then we got roles, then we put names in seats. You gotta have the right people and you gotta have them in the right seats. So we're, we go through that exercise when we talk about seats, there are times where they just fall lower down in the, in, in, in the organization and that's fine. Because we're still going to define their five roles and what they do to add value to that firm. Doing what you love with people you love, making a huge difference, being compensated appropriately and having time for other passions. And so ask yourself, if you're not living that EOS life, doing what you love with people you love, again, maybe you need to kind of shift and do something different, making a huge difference um being compensated appropriately and having time for other passions. I think it's just so powerful and I think any business owner if you kind of take that and and just kind of kind of use that and ask yourself those questions and if you're not then you probably need to be looking looking for something else. Maybe that something else is EOS, maybe that something else is a complete change. If you're used to making $100 an hour, don't do $25 an hour work. You must delegate. You can't be the head chef and the head bottle washer at the same time. It does not work. You will not grow your firm you know.
16: yep so we've actually had a few students get firm offers from our law huh. firm so it's like they started working we with go. them one-on-one yeah there it's like it really is amazing because they comes full circle so that's what we love about it and like the law firms are obviously so excited because they just they've groomed this talent and now they're able to work with them full time which is so exciting and it's just that they already have a prior relationship that's non-committal so sometimes firms might be hesitant to hire someone full time because they, you know, you're going based off of an interview process, resume, grades and everything. But with us, it's kind of like a trial. You can try working with this person. And then if you want to bring them on full time, you you can make them a full time off. What goes into the core of delegation is trust and trusting that who you're sending it to, they're going to get you what you need. But if you don't get what you need, you have to communicate what was wrong in order to move forward and make the changes going forward. And I always say, we make a mistake once, it won't happen again, but you have to let us know what that mistake was. Find people that you trust, find someone that you trust, and make sure that you're letting them know what you need, everything's clear, and then, and again, the way that we have our, our platform integrated, it's that we make sure we have all the information that we need from you in order to do it properly. We're unique in that we mainly focus on that law student space. So the vision is to just grow it out as much as possible, keep bringing on different uh, practice areas of law because we already have so many. And what I one of my favorite parts of GIG Law is that we're actually working in conjunction with companies like Document with so law firms who have, who understand where the the legal space is going using legal tech and they're using us to help implement that legal tech so i personally love the legal tech space i love being part of document and helping out clients automate their documents and things like that so That's where I see it going. I just continuing to be part of the legal tech space and continuing to grow on both sides. So keep moving forward and learn from your mistakes. For me, uh, that's the only way that I've grown this company to what it is, is because I've made so many mistakes. So that's the only way you grow. That's the only way you understand what the right thing to do is by doing the wrong thing. And so sometimes you don't know you're making a mistake, but just if you do learn from it and move forward. And that's the, the best piece of advice I wish I had heard three years ago four years ago and uh, i'm really glad that I'm, i'm living by it now
17: it's kind of like insurance getting your ip protection whether you're a lawyer whether you're a legal marketer anything whatever company you have getting all of your IP in order, getting an IP audit, getting everything protected, it's like insurance, knowing that you don't have to worry about those aspects of your business. All you have to do is you have to register your copyrights if you have material that you think is valuable and you wanna protect. And if you gotcha. re- have a registered copyright, you get your 150K statutory damages, especially when you're starting. you know, If you're starting to do something and all your revenue is coming from one source, you definitely wanna diversify. So if you're creating videos on one platform, They should also be on all the other platforms. You should transcribe them, put them on LinkedIn, all of that. That's kind of what I did. And it does work like the same content. As long as it's valuable, it still, you know, it still generates the views and all of that. You know, the biggest tip is really it's I think it's about volume and social media these days is very unforgiving. You have to basically make people care about you instantly especially video platforms the only way you're going to be able to learn that skill is by creating a ton of content it is so essential to be able to perform on video so you have to get good at talking put your face out there and market yourself create a lot of content and put out that volume and be able to get good at it and stay consistent create a consistent brand so whether you're going to stick to one color whether you are going to stick to one look, one logo, things like that, um, if you know, if you can create, like learn the skill of creating good content, um, you'll be able to be successful.
18: I was embedding a a fitness component in my daily and weekly routine, and that allowed me to uh put in the hours that i put in deal with the trial work that i dealt with and oh by the way this other thing called life uh you know nights and weekends and so forth um and it just helped me be resilient throughout my career and i decided in 2021 to pivot if you don't attend to it you're going to be overworked overstressed and unhealthy and you will not be able to show up fitness can mimic what comes up in the practice and fitness stuff comes up if you're running a road race or you're out for a run and and something happens to you how do you deal with it the adversity that you can face in some workouts mimics the adversity that you face as a lawyer things come at you it's not only benefiting me uh physically it's it's also i i just found it i could apply it to to the practice people are going to need some flexibility and a little more forgiveness and i think If you showed that to not only your colleagues, but your adversaries, it would be a happier profession. My Exhibit A is self-care is not selfish. Lawyers need to make self-care a priority in order to show up for your clients, for your colleagues, for your families, all the communities we've talked about that we serve. In order to show up, you have to take care of yourself. That allows you to then show up better.
19: I've always been big on client delight, wow factor, doing things a little differently with a little sparkle, which is what helps the law practice. And so when everybody signed on, I'm like, check your email. I just sent you a Starbucks gift card. The reviews were incredible. The testimonials were incredible. Those people told other people. I used their testimonials on my website with permission, which grew more. And and, But one component I think of my success is that I have not spent everything I've made. And so I use that money just the same way as i built my law firm i was like reinvest it and i hired a consultant to help me understand automations and the email marketing and landing pages and graphics and the good move there was that i treated this like new project just like the law practice like client delight wow factor stuff like how do you sparkle how do you make this cool and different starbucks gift cards thank you cards like all i mean now we send, we send custom branded um cookies with two weeks of trademarks logo to like people who register with the premium. There's now, I mean, it's gone through so many changes which we can talk about, but now there's like a base tier, there's a premium tier. And when people enroll in the premium tier, which has like access to me and coaching calls and all this kind of stuff, it's very hands-on. Um, I'm very big on rinse and repeat. Look at what worked, do it again, double down, triple down if you just take 5 minutes out of your day or really i mean if you you know a va or you know send it to somebody but like take 5 minutes out of your day just have the thought to say you know what let me just shoot them an email or a text if you have their number and just say hey like don't just like it and put like a solid emoji and move on with your life like everyone's doing that right but if you really care about this person and they've sent you work or they're a fellow attorney make that connection like treat them like a human and
10: Email marketing is, in my view, the most powerful digital marketing tool we have to build the know, like, and trust factor with our potential customers. To me, fundamentally, it's because it is an unfiltered or largely unfiltered ability to communicate with people. There's not an algorithm that gets in the way. And and it's not just that it's not an algorithm, but separately, I can control the messages that people get in the order they're going to get them. I do some marketing affirmatively, but... My business, the legal template business, about 65% of the sales of our, our signature, what we call our template library, where they get all of my legal templates. The first entry we have of them in our system is them buying our legal templates. Now it could be they're using a different email address and they have you know, a different one that's free, but I know what that is, is that I built brand equity, that people are telling them about me, that they've seen me, that they've interacted with me and so they said, okay, hey, when I, when I need legal templates, he's my name. I'm more interested in connecting with my audience. And so I focus on connection first. And then when I do that, and this is the beauty of it is, is if you connect with your audience when it is time, when they need you, they will buy from But if I'm connected and I know you and you provide value to me when I need a trademark, guess what? I'm just going to call you. I'm not going to call anybody. The struggle is you got to not be boring because if you're boring, no one's going to want to be on your email list. But the point is still there that letting people get to know you and the real you will be one of the most powerful things to to ultimately help them decide if they want to do business with you. The key is to to think of email differently. And and, and if you just think of email as a way to build a connection with people so that when they are ready to buy, they're going to buy from you, you'll be doing well.
20: Because when it comes to the subscription model, it's not about billing time. It's about providing value in exchange for what they're paying you, which means you have to create as many as many efficiencies as possible in order to do that. You know we all have subscriptions, our internet plan, our phone plans, you know, like we we're, we're we're inundated with subscriptions now, and we, and we as consumers, even lawyers, as consumers of subscription models, uh, we see what works. And we see what doesn't and who knows the profession better than us. had to practice what I preach, see what works, see what doesn't. So far, I'm pleasantly surprised that most of my ideas are working, which is great. When your business model is more like a SaaS product, you're able to anticipate monthly recurring revenue versus annual recurring revenue. And then you could see, okay, what is my tech spend going to be? What is my marketing spend going to be? And you could more easily allocate that because you're able to see what your monthly anticipated monthly income is going to be. And knowing what you could spend on whatever legal product or marketing agency or whatever becomes a lot more reasonable and understandable and and predictable, which makes it a lot easier as a business owner, that's for sure. Even though I'm working way more than I was at a firm, I, I have achieved more of a work-life balance with the subscription model because I control my calendar. My calendar does not control me and I automate as much as I possibly can. Um, and frankly, you can make more money in less time. With the subscription model, uh, you can scale your practice like never before, help more people, make more money and change the world.
21: very first step is just figuring it out what it is you want. Um, And then working backwards with your schedule to make sure that you have enough time to do those things. After a certain amount of money, time became more important to me because of those other things. Attorneys have a hard time breaking time from money. They see their entire life in six minute increments. But as soon as you realize that you're not trading your time for money, like you can do other things, as soon as you have that mindset shift that you don't have to trade your time for money, you can trade other people's times, you can trade systems for, t- for money, you can do other things for money. Um, that's where I think you're gonna see the biggest growth. And I like big blocks of time, at least two if not four hours of time where you can really just sit down uninterrupted and, and get stuff done. I write deep work, four hours, and then uh, I have a to-do list or a priority list. And so when I get to that, I just do the most important things first and not everything gets done and that's okay. As long as you're doing the most important things first, you're gonna come way ahead. Just have a to-do list, schedule time for it, do the most important things, and, and you'll be fine. If everybody on your team is doing that, just willing to take a minute out of today to save yourself 250 minutes this year, um, it's going to be a compounding effect. Now, I don't think there's going to be like one magic thing that you do that all of a sudden you have days of your life back. Um, but if you do these things consistently over time, they'll look back and be blown away with what happens. Because there's that phrase, like, eliminate simplify, automate, and then delegate. You just spend a little bit of time each day doing that, but you'll look back six months from now and be blown away with where you come from. Before you do anything else, before you try to create systems, make sure it is you know what you want so that you have something you're working towards. The more that you keep that in mind, the more that you're gonna start attracting things that are gonna help you get that. Do only the things that only you can do.
6: I would definitely say having all of the team on board and um, to make the service work so we'll make it as seamless as we can for for the firm but uh, you know ultimately we need the backup of the team to make it work so we can tweak it and make sure it's um fitting in like your business's second home if you if you wish and it goes back to walking in your customer's shoes and no matter what time of year no matter what time of day when anyone contacts that business they get that wonderful experience when they call up and that red carpet treatment um so i think one of the main things is getting that client to the first person the right time and they have a seamless journey and so i think it's having experts handling the call that haven't got distractions can wow that 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 person that's calling in but then they're getting to speak to the right person or they're assured that they will get through to the right person having money penny in place will help improve efficiencies for the whole team ensuring that you know everyone gets to the right place the first time and the right people are doing the jobs we all say that here at Moneypenny, you, everyone's got their strengths and weaknesses and the right people should be doing the right jobs to, to you know, ensure that the service that's delivered is wonderful. For your business's second home, um, communicating with the internal teams, finding out their pain points and making everybody's lives a bit easier. Walking in your customer's shoes and finding out what the journey is for, for your clients when they're calling in. I would say being available 24 seven around the clock and Um, ensuring that all of your channels um, that people can contact you on. There's always somebody available and their service that they're getting is a wow service, as I mentioned. Let's just keep it simple. Ask for the best time to call back. And then you haven't got that kind of trombone effect of people calling in is if you want to deliver an amazing service, never miss an opportunity and always deliver quality. um, Then, you know, having an answering service in place um, could really benefit your business. And I think it's the whole journey and it's growing with your clients, isn't it? And being there through every step of the way.
0: Thank
8: you for listening to this episode of Exhibit A Attorneys. If you're interested in becoming the Exhibit A of successful attorney, please check us out at LegalEaseMarketing.com, E-A-S-E.